Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to The Subjective Truth, a paranormal docudrama about UFOs, ghosts, and liars. Last week, you were discussing whether or not Buddha could have been kidnapped by one of the Garys, and I I thought you might want to hear my story, since I was almost kidnapped by a Gary. I was driving home on a highway that I drove on almost every night. It was late, something like 2 a.m., so it's a bit isolated, sure, but it's not like I was in some strange, unknown place. Suddenly, my Honda starts to shake violently, and then I can feel my back passenger side wheel thumping against the ground, so I I pull over. It's not just a flat, instead my entire wheel has somehow popped off. No problem, I can do this, let's just grab the donut and the jack, and there's no jack. And my phone is dead, and I grabbed the wrong charger that morning before work, so not my best day. I was walking on the side of the highway back toward a convenience store I'd just passed when a blue minivan pulled up behind me. A man hopped out and said something like, Hey there, stranger. Looks like you could use some help. He didn't do much about the wheel, but he offered to give me a ride back to the store, which, red flag, I know. But there was a bunch of baby stuff in the van, and I just... I don't know. I'm sitting in the passenger seat, and just like every dumb horror movie ever, we pass the store. He doesn't say anything. I asked if he noticed he passed it. He says he knows a better place and keeps driving. My skin was crawling. I wanted to jump out of the car, but we were moving too fast. I started looking around for anything I could use as an improvised weapon, and that's when I noticed all the crumpled to-go bags and sandwich wrappers. All of them, every single one, had the GBG Elephant logo. Gary's Big Game. I'd heard the stories about the organic replacements, and my mind conjured up some really dark shit that I'd rather not describe. He noticed that I noticed the GBG wrappers. He knew I knew what they meant. He looked at me and smiled. I moved towards the door handle and prepared to feel the ripping impact of moving highway, but then suddenly a red light filled the windshield. Brake lights. 
another driver had hit a deer. They were outside their vehicle looking at the animal, uh, blocking the road just enough that the Gary was forced to come to a complete stop. I looked at the Gary. He looked at me and winked. I yanked the door open and ran as fast as I could. The Gary didn't say anything to me, but as I was running away, I, I heard him call out to the other motorist. Hey there, stranger. Looks like you could use some help. Hello, this is Claire from, uh, let's just say Southern California. I was listening to the podcast and I heard you mention Blue Mesa Hotel. Now, even though this doesn't necessarily help with the search for Buddha Klein, I thought I should still call in and share my Blue Mesa story. This happened to me back in the summer of 1993, and let me just say, first, that I'm not a geologist or any kind of expert. I guess what you might call me is a rock enthusiast. I like to collect crystals, gems, and really just any unique rock, and when I say I like crystals, I don't mean I use them in any supernatural healing sense. I just like how they look. I used to put gravel in my pockets as a kid. It's just always kind of been my thing. So I'm visiting New Mexico, staying at the Blue Mesa, and I've decided that I'm going to go out and explore the local terrain. On my hike, I found this really strange rock, one I'd never seen before. Again, I'm not a rock expert or anything, but I've seen a lot of rocks in my life, and this one was completely new to me. At first, I thought it was a big chunk of gold. <laughs> yeah, right. No way I'm getting that lucky. When I got closer, I saw that it was more yellow than gold, and instead of a typical rock shape, it looked like a stack of intersecting cubes. On one side was a single perfect cube, about four inches on each side. I ran my fingers along its edges, sharp corners, right angles. It was a perfect geometric shape that had somehow been crafted by the earth itself, or perhaps something else. Being the rock junkie I am, I pocketed it and started making my way back to the Blue Mesa. I was too excited. I couldn't wait to find out what it was. The overly ambitious and optimistic voice in the back of my mind was asking me if maybe I had discovered something new to the world. I made it back to my room. It was the ghost companion room. If you're wondering, don't judge me. I was going through something at the time and thought, hey, girl's gotta get her cuddle on somehow. If it's gotta be with a ghost, it's gotta be with a ghost. So anyways, I really loved the bathtubs they have at the Blue Mesa. Huge, fancy old things. I was soaking and daydreaming, and I dipped my head under the water, and I remember thinking that I might have sunburned my scalp. It felt really, really tender. I leaned up out of the water, wiped the hair from my face, and then I noticed a clump of hair was still twisted between my fingers. 
after I pulled my hand away. Then I saw the strands of blonde floating all around me. I ran my fingers through my hair again and came away with another handful. And then another. And another. Until I ran my fingers through my now bald head. I find it really impossible to describe the terror I felt until I remembered the interesting looking rock I had found. I saw it sitting on the table across the room. I just knew that had to be what happened. I picked up some radioactive crap and poisoned myself. By the time I made it to the hospital, all of it was gone. My eyebrows, my eyelashes, every single hair on my body had fallen out. Come to find out though, I had had an undiagnosed autoimmune disease, alopecia. It was common on my father's side of the family, but he left when I was young and I never knew any of them. The radioactive extraterrestrial rock, it was just a piece of pyrite. Turns out there are a bunch of pyrite mines in the area and it's pretty common all over the world. So, apparently, I didn't know as much about rocks as I thought I did. It was a crazy couple of hours, for sure. I'll never forget it. The Blue Mesa Hotel. The place where all my hair fell out. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the... Must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Uh, hi. I'd rather not say my name if that's okay. I, it, it's just, I don't really want any unnecessary attention. I thought my story might be worth sharing. In 2004, I lost my husband at the Blue Mesa Hotel. Well, not exactly the Blue Mesa. I'll explain. My husband and I were having a bit of a rough patch in our marriage and decided a vacation would be just the thing we needed to get out of the rut we were in. I wanted to go to Vegas, but he wanted to visit New Mexico. Taos, specifically. He was a big D.H. Lawrence fan, and an even bigger horror fan. So, of course, if you're staying in Taos and you want to be scared, you're going to want to stay at the Blue Mesa Hotel. We booked the Blood Room. According to the legend and the website, the walls of the blood room are supposed to drip at night. We thought it would be a fun little gag, and 
At least it'd be quiet. Better than staying in the kennel room and having a damn dogman wake you up at 2 a.m. So the first night comes and we're all excited to see the blood walls. We were looking around, inspecting the ceiling and the walls, trying to figure out how they pulled it off. But for all intents and purposes, this room looked like any other hotel room. We stayed up until sunrise with no sign of the blood. The next night, Friday, we decided to try again, thinking maybe they could only afford to make the room bleed for weekend guests. So we stayed up late and, again, nothing happens. Saturday afternoon, my husband asked the lady at the front desk if there had been any recent sightings or experiences in the blood room, because nothing had been happening for us. And she explained to us that the blood pipes were out of order. The blood pipes. That kind of killed the fun for us. We decided to go for an afternoon hike to make up for the time we'd spent sitting in the hotel room, staring at the walls. It was beautiful. Lots of pretty flowers and rocks. During our walk, we found a cave and decided to do a little bit of exploring, trying to get ourselves scared the old-fashioned way. The cave had a large opening with plenty of room above us and on both sides, so... I didn't really feel scared. It was fun, actually, at first. When we came upon a split leading in two separate tunnels, we decided to each take a few steps in and then report back with what lay ahead so we could decide which way we wanted to go. Simple enough. I came back after three minutes and then I waited and waited and waited. After about 15 minutes, I started shouting his name. Nothing. I cut my flashlight beam down the mouth of the tunnel. Nothing. My heart started pounding. I felt lightheaded. My mind raced with the possibilities of what could have happened. I didn't know what I'd do without him. An hour passed before he emerged, but instead of coming back down the tunnel he'd entered, he came back through the tunnel I'd originally gone into. I asked what happened and he said he just kept going and eventually it wrapped around. I was still full of unspent adrenaline so my body channeled it into rage. I was furious with him. We didn't speak for the rest of the time we were in Taos. I didn't notice it right away but after we got back home I started to pick up on subtle differences in my husband. Different mannerisms, verbal tics. He hated things he used to enjoy, and he enjoyed things he used to hate. He had trouble remembering events from our time dating. He started going out and drinking with all kinds of people. He never did that before either. I didn't know who he was now, but he was no longer my husband. I was sure of that. My husband went into that cave with me, but a different man, one who looked and sounded just like him, came out. We divorced in 2005, and he moved to Miami with some hot little thing. Whatever happened in that damn cave, it took my husband from me, 
and ruined my life. Hey, um, I don't really follow the podcast, but I heard you've been talking about the Blue Mesa Hotel. I stayed there for three nights back in the summer of 2013. On my third and final night in the Blue Mesa, I woke up with this feeling. I was really nauseous. It was like my stomach and heart were both squeezing their way up my esophagus. I couldn't see it, I I couldn't hear it, but I knew I wasn't the only living thing in the room. I crawled back under the blanket and stayed silent and still for a long time. And nothing happened. I started to question my own mind, thinking I'd just freaked myself out, so I got up, stumbled into the bathroom, and flipped on the light. In the mirror was... I mean, it was me, but it was a different me. I'm bald, but my reflection had long black hair and tattoos. I never had the nerve to get the tats I wanted. It was my nose, my eyes, my face, but that wasn't it. Uh, You've seen what it looks like when two mirrors face each other, right? How the reflection just bounces from one to the other and it looks like it just goes on and on forever? It was like that, but me's. Behind the tatted up black haired me was a clean shaven me in an expensive looking three piece suit. I saw a thin me, a fat me, a me with glasses, a hunchback me, and a me covered in blood. We all moved in perfect synchronicity, all staring back with the same dumbfounded expression like, what? As I reached out to touch the mirror, we all reached out to touch the mirror. Then, just as our fingertips met, I was back in bed. People always say it was just a nightmare that I just woke up, but it wasn't like that. I was just... I was in one place, and then I was in another. Look... You don't have to believe me. No one does. We know what happened. The Subjective Truth is a Good Point Podcast. This episode was written by Jeremy Ellett and Seamus Burns, and produced by Jeremy Ellett. This episode featured performances from Julia Schifini, Bailey Cucero, Madam Raven, Roger J. Thatcher, The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.